Episode 49, Allie Cudby. Welcome to Gut Plus Science. Analytics about people. Insights for executives. Truth you can act on. A high-energy, fast-paced, results-oriented exchange featuring employee engagement evangelist and CEO, your host, Nikki Llewellyn. Welcome back to Gut Plus Science. It's Nikki, and today we're aligning employee engagement with customer engagement, because why not? Our employees and our customers should both have a highly strategic plan to engage them, and let's figure out how to tie those two together and more strategically. I'm here with master, Allie Cudby. Allie founded Your Iconic Brand to help leaders increase business loyalty after gaining strategic marketing experience at the New York Times, Golf Digest, and Animal Planet just to name a few. She's also the creator of the world's leading bra fit training and certification program and is a best-selling author on this subject. Fusing her corporate background and her insights into consumers gained in the intimate industry, Allie developed an innovative system for retention and growth. Bottom line, Allie believes your business grows when customers feel seen, heard, and valued. Listen in to hear how you can foster this type of culture at your company. Before we get to it, I need to give a shout out to Henriot Group in Lafayette, Indiana. They're a boutique benefits firm with a great team and innovative, beautiful office space in Lafayette. We're excited for them to be a new partner of Amplify. We're going to help leaders leverage their employee engagement process and customer engagement process today on this show. Employee engagement and customer loyalty are intimately connected. If you think about the customer's experience, it is always being tied back to how your employees are engaging with customers. And even in environments where it's a completely automated or virtual process, you still have employees who are thinking about the the people that a company is serving. So that's kind of obvious when you start to think about it in terms of sales or marketing. But what I found is that when you have coordination across the entire environment of a company and all employees, no matter what department they're in, are aiming toward the same target of a customer connection, it builds so much trust because you have the synchronicity across everybody. When you know HR is starting to talk about, this is how we think about our customers in the first interview with a prospective employee, it shows that customer experience and customer loyalty is part of the bedrock of a company. So good. So how often do companies do this? Like organically, they're just doing this before you come in and kind of share this path with them? What I find is that some companies aren't doing it at all. And some companies do it organically, but miss part of the steps that are involved in creating a system. And what I generally will hear is, you know, well, we have really loyal customers or we have a really good employee experience and um, you know we, we have regular meetings. And those are fantastic and very important ingredients. But in order to make the recipe a full dish, if you will, you, what you need is a real balance between the emotional connection and that feeling state that customers have and that employees can offer with a real process for interaction and coordination internally so that it creates this environment externally. And I call that the balance between 
heart and smart in an organization. So I would say that most companies are better at one or the other, and I help bring better integration and execution. Good stuff. So let's go from like down into a micro level. How does an engaged employee directly affect the customer experience? Like give some examples and talk about the opposite too. Sure. On the positive side, I think, you know, Zappos is a great example. You know, they have real process uh, and a very thoughtful approach to bringing the wow factor, and that's their word, to every single customer engagement. And that is embedded into the principles that the company speaks to and acts on. I also have a client, they're a small lingerie retail store in a tiny town in British Columbia. And what they found is that when they were able to reduce employee turnover, it meant that they weren't just, you know, they weren't losing important historical context with customers. I mean, you know, if you think about a situation where a customer comes into a lingerie store, it can be really valuable when that person comes in the door and they're recognized and employees know who they are and what they want, what they've done in the past. So, you know, it really provided a lot of great customer connection and information when they were able to keep employee tenure longer. So at the biggest companies and the smallest, there's great value in in having that employee directly impact the customer experience. And on the negative side, I would say that Uber is a great example of what not to do. I think Uber is oftentimes a great example of what not to do when you're talking about customer orientation in general, but even the way that they have impacted their own employees. I mean, they, they brought all of these drivers to the table and then the employee experience is really not very good. And there've been lots of articles written about this, but also they've been very vocal about saying, we aspire to have driverless cars as our fleet. So as a driver, you're sitting there saying, well, I know where I fit into the big picture here. They, you know, I'm expendable as soon as they can figure out the technology. And you know that's going to really impact how they engage with customers. You know, you think I'm expendable? Great, I'm just in it for me. I've also sort of again on the more accessible size businesses. I've worked with organizations. I just worked with an association, and they were able to eliminate a lot of repetitive work, and that meant that employees had you know more time to focus on sort of growth thinking and action through automation, and they didn't have to do the repetitive work as much so they were able to focus on growth. And so, you know, those are both ways in which, or those are all ways in which engaged employees directly impact sort of the customer experience. Good stuff. So bottom line, if you wake up on Monday and don't feel connected to the purpose of your company, connected with your boss or feeling valued, you probably aren't the most pleasant to the customers you serve. Right. And I think we see that all the time, right? So what you're sharing with us today, and it's a very unique episode, is like, duh, no brainer. Hello, let's figure out how to tie these things together. So really exciting. Um, I want to elaborate on this heart plus smart concept. Sounds very intriguing. Can you go deeper? You know, like I said, the heart is really making that emotional connection. And even we'd like to think of ourselves as being rational actors and, you know, business kind of prizes that, but really we're not. And you think about, you know, there's everything from studies that show that 70% of a 
person's purchase intention is impacted by they, how they feel in the interaction. It's not the features and benefits and the logical decision-making, it's how they feel. So when companies can build that feeling state into ongoing employee interaction with customers, which by the way, also ties very directly to ongoing employee interaction within the company. You know, the, the employees have to feel valued in order to want to make customers feel valued. So it really is intimately connected. And so you back that up with smart process. And, and what I mean by that is consistent repetition. So people, you know, leaders get excited about these concepts and they are like, great, we're going to roll it out. And, and a lot of times what I find is that they don't back it up with consistent process and they don't invest in the training that's needed and the, the, the ongoing conversations that are needed to really make this knit into the fabric of an organization. So it's that balance between making sure that you've got the customer connection, emotional piece right, and the consistency for the ongoing effort. So based on what you know about the average companies and average leader, what is your suggested mindset change to drive more profitable businesses in general? What I see is that when organizations really start to focus down on what it means to do this heart and smart thing, what pops up over and over again is that when people feel seen, heard, and valued, they are more excited about both being loyal employees and being loyal customers. And so that's the biggest mindset shift is embracing this idea of seen, heard, and valued. Because if you, if you think about your experience, if we all think about our own experiences in life, when we feel like we are valued actors, you know, we're valued pieces of any organization, it, it boosts our loyalty. It boosts our engagement. Like, I want to be more a part of an organization that seems to really value what I have to say or what I have to offer. So it's it's a very natural approach. And what I find is that the companies that do this best are the ones that do it in sort of a whole company endeavor. It's not just in sales or marketing or HR or even at the executive level. It's everybody working together. And the seen, heard, and valued. I like that. I think every employee um, would love to feel that for sure. And I think you and I are on the same page there. How do we give our listeners a suggested assignment or a step to take in that direction of building a culture and a community in your organization of being seen, heard, and valued? It's interesting because it feels big. You know, it feels like this really big shift that has to happen. And oh my gosh, it's so conceptual. And how do I do it? And the reality is that you do it one step at a time. You, you know, you have the intention of creating this culture and then you create habits that are small steps that get you to where it is that you want to go. And the way that I talk about this a lot of times with, with the companies that I serve is think about it in terms of, you know, the two degree shifts to create, you know, culture as a habit. So if you think about uh, you're on a path as a company, and if you just make a small shift, a two-degree shift on the path and the direction of your path, it takes you to a completely different place. And so when companies can make those small shifts intentionally and then 
back them up over time, give them the, the resources and the training and the repetition to make sure that this small shift takes root, then it takes you to a completely different place. So even though the thought is big and, and may seem mushy, the actual implementation is very step-by-step oriented and very accessible. So Ali, you work with lots of companies in this realm of what we're talking about today. Can you give us a couple of examples or one, you know, outstanding one, I guess, of the example of habit? Like what is what is a habit that you've seen game change an organization that you've worked with? On the employee side, one of the things that I have seen companies adopt in, as a great habit is being really intentional, intentional about how you welcome new employees. You think about the process. I mean, I think about my own career and when I was in corporate America, sometimes I would walk in the door and, you know, the team would take me out for lunch and they would ha- assign somebody to walk me around and introduce me to everybody within the department. And at other companies, my welcome was something that I sort of joke around about as, you know, it was the the bathrooms and Benny's conversation. You know, I got a quick chat with HR about the benefits in the organization. And somebody said, you know, oh, there's the bathroom, get to work. And the way that I felt was really different in the company that showed me around and introduced me around and took me out to lunch and made me feel like a welcome member of a team versus the very you know, check the boxes approach to a new job and a new career. And and I think sometimes companies lose sight of the fact that for every single employee that works, that walks in the door, this is a big deal. They're making a huge decision to come join a company. And so being intentional about what that welcome looks like and making it clear to everybody in the organization, this is how we welcome people. This is how we show who we are in those first moments with an employee, that really matters. So good. And I'm going to insert my uh, one of my passion areas here around employee engagement, which is measurement. So if you start to implement new habits, have a baseline before you start to implement these changes, like with onboarding, and then watch those metrics move over quarter over quarter. And maybe they maybe they don't, and you would know that that's not working. But measuring the impact of these new employees as they're coming in compared to the past and how they are are feeling and how they're integrating into the business as you. Start Start these new habits. So awesome. I love that. And I can tell, Allie, that you're a big systems and processes gal. I love that. Give us some examples of how great companies that you work with are doing systems and processes. Like, what do they look like that are running parallel from the engagement of employees and the engagement of customers? Well, tracking and measuring is a huge piece of it. And figuring, I would say that the companies that do it really well have a very clear idea of who they are and what they want to accomplish. So their goals are really clear. And then once they have these clear goals, they get everybody on board aiming for the same bullseye. It sort of avoids two things. The first one is it avoids the whole myth or the the legend of the blind men and the elephant. So the blind men and the elephant is that there were six blind men and they were all trying to figure out what an elephant was. And one was touching the tusks and one was touching the trunk and one was touching the tail and one was touching the ears and one was touching the legs. I think that's six. And they are all trying to explain what an elephant is based on the small component that they're touching. And you can't 
figure out what the whole is when you're only looking at the part. So how do you make sure that everybody is aiming together and has like the same clear picture of what it is that you're actually dealing with? And then the second thing is to really reinforce and make sure that it doesn't turn into a flavor of the month initiative because those are irritating for everybody. No executive wants to spend time and energy and resources thinking about how they can grow their organization only to have it die, spend the time, spend the energy, have the big announcement and then have it fizzle out. So, you know, making sure that you're really being intentional and that avoids the whole flavor of the month syndrome. Great reminder on that. Let's say an exec is listening right now and really likes this concept, as I bet a lot of people do. Um, They take the idea back to their team and the crew says, yes, let's do this. Let's get on the same page on both the employee side and the customer side and really like a couple of the uh, tactics that you're sharing, like seen, heard, and valued. Now, how do you get the leaders of all levels involved and bought in? So it generally starts with understanding where they are and how they're going to come to the come to the party. Um, so, you know, it does help when there is a, a leader who is driving the initiative. People need to see that it is being taken seriously, but that leader doesn't have to be the CEO. It just has to be somebody who can say, yes, we're going in this direction. You know, that has happened with, you know, different departments in an organization. Um, it can be a really passionate individual who gets an opportunity to sort of take it up the chain. So it's the it's making sure that everybody has an opportunity to get on board, but ultimately you do have to have buy-in and that happens at, you know, a more senior level. Good. And let's talk about the flip side which you are hinting at there. So when change doesn't get adopted, what are the reasons when you're working with organizations, what are the reasons why this new change doesn't start to infiltrate throughout the organization? Like those those main things to look for, don't do this. I'd say that the main things to look for are don't shortchange the implementation. It's it's sexier to think about revenue generation, and sometimes it's harder for companies to allocate resources to making sure that their internal team is involved, and that undermines the overall mission. So you know, make sure that you're going to actually dedicate the time and energy because the outcomes are huge. I mean, when when you go through the numbers. The upside of long-term customer loyalty is huge for an organization. I've never understood why companies will spend so much money to acquire a customer and then not spend the time to really make them feel like they want to be long-term customers. Um, you know, it seems like all of the all the juice is on the upfront attracting and acquiring the customer and then not enough on the on the backside. And part of what that requires is getting the team involved. And so making sure that they're properly, you know, resourced. And then lack of consistency is another one of the things that I see undermine and torpedo these initiatives when, you know, it doesn't get the you know, when when companies sort of don't make sure that everybody's marching together and there aren't enough reminders that this is something that's going to be important for the organization for the long term. And then, you know, the final thing is just not giving it the time to flourish, uh, which is tied to the other two, but a little bit different. So those are the three things that I would see, I would say are the biggest pitfalls that people fall into. 
And I think, you know, it's really, really important for us to keep in mind that when we're rolling out new plans, new strategies, new tactics in our organization, we've been thinking about that for a long time. You know, to us, it might be a little bit of old news, but to many people on the front lines, like they heard about it three days ago. And so that's where we have to just remind ourselves that we have to constantly reiterate and remind ourselves that this might be something we've been working on for the past year at the executive table, but it is just now getting to the front lines. Yeah, that's so true. And and I just wanted to jump on that for a second because not only is that true, but also, you know, executives and leaders are used to thinking about the company and growth in sort of a strategic way. And you've got to make it resonant for the people that are on the front lines. And so that means really thinking about what's in it for them. What's in it for the people that you're asking to make this change? Because change is not comfortable for a lot of people. And, and anytime you're rolling something out, you know, your, the employees are going to be sitting there saying, well, you know, how much is this going to be? How much is this going to be hard? And what do I have to do differently? And what's in it for me? And those are completely reasonable things for them to be asking themselves. So not only are executives sort of marinating in the decision for a lot longer, but they have to probably repeat it a lot, many, 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 many more times than they thought they were going to. But they also have to really think about it from the employee's perspective, because you know, employees need to be thinking about how this is going to impact them. And so it's going to take them a little bit of time to really hear the message the way that leadership is going to want them to. Okay. And loaded general question for you. What makes customers love the brands they do? Well, when customers feel seen, heard, and valued, they love the brands that they associate with. When people feel like a brand says something about who they are and not just what they buy, that's the foundation of creating an iconic brand. And iconic brands exist in every industry in the world. It's that emotional connection that can be really rare. So being intentional about seen, heard, and valued on both the customer side and the employee side is sort of the magic in all of this. Allie, this is a solid show and we really covered a lot of ground in a short time. So thank you for what you shared and really drawing those parallels. And I think it's helping us think a lot differently and much more efficient with our processes, both on the front and the back side of the house. So let's take a quick break here from our sponsor message today and come right back to learn about the personal side of you, Allie Cudby, with what we call our lightning round. We'll be right back. Purplelink's customized HR services will help you make your workspace joy-powered. Whether you're looking for help with recruiting, compliance, or leadership training, they listen to what you need and tailor their solutions to you. Check out purplelinkllc.com. That's purpleinkllc.com to find out how they can help your business. And look for the Joy-Powered Workspace podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, Allie, welcome back to Gut Plus Science. So we're going to dive into this portion of our show just for a couple minutes. It's called the lightning round, and we just want to learn a little bit more about you. First question I have for you is, what is your favorite book or one that you'd pick to recommend to our listeners today? I love a book called The Happiness Advantage by a guy named Sean Acor. And it talks about the impact of happiness on our productivity in our lives. And so it is a great book that's both kind of got a business and personal component to it and has some really good actionable tips as well. And if you don't feel like reading the book, you can always watch the TED Talk, which is excellent and very funny. Good one. How about your favorite vacation spot? Oh, man, that's a tough one. There are so many great places in the world. And I'm not sure that I have just one, but 
I am a super foodie. I, I love to eat and I love to eat good food. And I just came back from Lima, Peru, which was incredibly exciting and real food destination. And I would go back to Lima and eat my way through in a heartbeat. That was a, an awesome, awesome place to be. Awesome. Of our 50-ish episodes, that is the first recommendation for Lima, Peru. So nice one. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and how about a favorite hobby when you're not working? I'm a potter. I I do pottery on the wheel, so clay. And um, I've been doing that for about 10 years, and I really love it. It's a great way to get away from the office and do something that's in, entirely physical. It takes my brain to a completely different place and is a lot of fun. Oh wow, another unique one. I've not heard that from any of our any of our guests either. So awesome. Thanks, Allie. And Allie, I'm sure that there's a number of our listeners that want to connect with you after the show. What is the best way to connect with you? Well, everybody should feel free and are, is welcome to go to my website, youriconicbrand.com. And also hit me up on LinkedIn. You're I'm I'm there a lot. Awesome. And it's Allie A-L-I and then Cudby, C-U-D-B-Y. Exactly. And I think I'm pretty much one of two Allie Cudbys in the world, so I'm easy to find. And that's a wrap. I told you Allie's good. Here's our key takeaways in the truth you can act on section of Gut Plus Science. Number one, employee engagement and customer loyalty are connected. A customer's experience is almost always tied back to how your employees are engaging with customers. So think about it. If someone wakes up on Monday and they don't feel connected to the purpose of the company or their boss, they probably aren't super pleasant or awesome to customers. Number two, seen, heard, valued. Everyone wants to feel this way. And when people feel this way, they get excited about being a loyal customer. It's not a huge shift. It's accessible and it happens one step at a time. And number three, steer clear of flavor of the month initiatives. No executive wants to spend time, energy, and resources thinking about how they can grow their organization only to have some big announcement and then have it fizzle out. Everyone needs to get on board aiming for the same bullseye, then reinforce it over and over and over again. That's it, guys. We'll see you next week on Gut Plus Science. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.